for listening to the Secret Society of Stuff will resume in less than 48 hours. It might be Monday morning, but I, I just got mowed down by a fucking Prius while walking across the street, so that might factor into the programming schedule. It's been a rough week, says everybody. I know. Hang in there, folks. We're going through the worst of it now. Thank you for listening to the Secret Society of Overloving Stuff with Robin. Thank you for listening to the Secret Society of with Robin. Oh my god, what's wrong with the robot, dude? Papa's in the kitchen. Mom is in the field. Murder in the hen house, but flung a hop on the hill. Old rooster in the dooryard, just leaning on the horn. With the wind so sweetly blowing through the ripening corn. Just this side of dangerous that look in your eyes Knew you were crazy, always knew you could be cruel Still I would do just about anything in the wild for you
flying saucers are a serious problem. The government of the United States has issued orders advising the military how to recognize the UFOs, how to report them, and how to handle fragments of them. Are the flying saucers really solid objects? How real are the flying saucers? The Canadian government says it has borrowed pieces of flying saucers from the U.S. Air Force. The Norwegian government reported in 1952 that it had located and recovered the outer shell of a UFO, which, it said, was certainly not made on this earth. These things have caused power blackouts by official admission. Individuals have been burned by radiation when they got too close to UFOs. And mid-air collisions with planes full of passengers, and near collisions as well, can also be found in the reports around the world. In May of 1946, residents of northwestern Russia, Norway, Sweden, Finland, and Denmark were startled by a rash of unconventional objects which darted about in the skies. At first, these things were referred to in the news dispatches as ghost rockets, but it soon became evident that they were certainly not rockets. They changed direction. They were seen to hover. They were silent, and they left no rocket trail. And when the jets were sent up after them, the things simply zipped away at fantastic speed and left the jets far behind. That was in May of 1946. It was just one year after man had exploded his first atomic device. Was there any relationship between those two historic events, or was it pure coincidence? Did the flash and the powerful radiation of those atomic explosions attract the attention of something or somebody out there in space? If so, who or what and from where? Every student of unidentified flying objects quickly discovers that this present development is but the latest phase of a very old phenomenon. The Bible contains numerous references to strange objects variously described in terms of contemporary understanding. But those it contains are but a small portion of the reports which scholars have found in various ancient chronicles. One of these is very old indeed. It is the Books of Zion, which are the written version of the legends of the hill people of northern India. For thousands of years, these accounts were handed down from generation to generation by word of mouth, until at last they were preserved in writing in the form in which they exist today. The account to which I refer is that which purports to describe a singular event in the history of those ancient people. The time of the incident was about 6,000 years before the Christian era, yet some of its details have been known to modern science for less than 20 years. The legend tells how strange glistening metallic vessels were seen in the skies of northern India. After circling the earth, so we are told, these craft landed, and the awestruck natives fell down before the men who got out of the vessels. In a short time, the visitors became the rulers of these people, and they built two cities from which they ruled for many years. The people prospered under their rulership, and all went well until a grievous misunderstanding arose between the two groups of visitors. Then, says the Chronicle, one leader took a group of his companions and they rose into the sky in one of their huge vessels. They flew to a point from which they could see the city in which their opponents dwelt. Then they released what the Chronicle describes as a great shining lance which rode on a beam of light. 
This weapon exploded in or above the doomed city. The flash blinded all who gazed upon it and burned those in and about the city for a great distance. The water of the river was poisoned by the explosion, and the dust of the city was also poisoned, so that none dared enter. When the visitor who had launched this attack realized the enormity of the devastation, he gathered about him the remnants of his own people, put them into the remaining vessels, and rose into the sky, never to return. The devastated city eventually crumbled and vanished. The other city was finally abandoned and fell into ruins. In the late summer of 1946, the weird objects vanished as suddenly as they had appeared. In June of 1947, they were back. This time, they were over the northwestern part of the continental United States. First, there was only a handful of them, but their numbers grew rapidly and their activities expanded. A study of their actions led to the conclusion that they were definitely interested in the capabilities of our various vehicles. They paced our planes and our trains and our automobiles and our ships and our submarines. One of them appears to have been involved in a bizarre incident which is a matter of record with the United States Navy. This occurred in the summer of 1947 when the battleship New York was on patrol in the North Pacific. The gear picked up an object which seemed to be following the battleship. Presently, as the skies cleared, the object could be seen with the naked eye and could be examined through binoculars. It was some kind of faintly glowing disc moving in the same direction and at about the same speed as the battleship. The radar had it for several hours, as did the rangefinders for the guns. The battleship opened fire. The object was gone. When the official report was made by the commander of the battleship New York, the refutation was promptly issued that they had only been shooting at the planet Venus. Thus, as far back as 1947, the official policy of issuing explanations which ignored the facts was in evidence. Slowly but surely, the irrefutable facts about UFOs have filtered through the veil of censorship. Slowly but surely, the nature and extent of this remarkable phenomenon has become public knowledge. By patiently piecing together these bits of evidence as they become available, by carefully weighing the guarded statements of scientists and military agencies involved in the study of unidentified flying objects, we shall see that they are indeed serious, serious business. What should we do about them? What can we do about them? Let us consider the Punta Madonnas, which was making its way across the South Atlantic near the Falkland Islands in September of 1963. An enormous craft of unknown type and origin approached the naval transport from astern. The officers of the transport estimated that the object was about 800 feet in diameter. It was gray in color, like dull aluminum, and in shape it resembled two huge soup bowls placed together rim to rim. As the strange craft approached, slowly and silently, and about 100 feet above the sea, the Punta Madanos gyrated wildly. The lights went out. The intercommunication system went dead. The radar and radio ceased to function. The ship was helpless. For 20 minutes, this state of affairs continued, and then the strange aerial craft rose ponderously into the heavens and vanished as mysteriously as it had come. The Secretary of the Argentine Navy says this was but one of 13 such cases in which giant UFOs had interfered with the operation of naval craft in a three-year period. 